As you know by now, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce a new innovation. Plus CBD Daily Balance THC-free. Daily Balance is a daily-use supplement that provides the benefits of CBD without the concern of other cannabinoids like THC causing unwanted effects. Daily Balance contains the purest form of hemp-derived CBD in high concentrations to help you overcome intense challenges to mental and physical well-being. All Plus CBD products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's new Daily Balance THC-free line of oil, soft gels, and gummies. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla, wherein I answer your questions along with Layla Newton, who is our resident nutritionist. Together, we endeavor to address your queries, send questions to questions at drhoffman.net. Yes. And how are we doing, Layla? Okay, Dr. Hoffman, how are you? All right. Well, we're progressing into autumn. Yeah. And uh, here we be. Uh, weather's a little crisper here in New York. And so really... Time to change over the wardrobe. Right. Except the Saturday, it's supposed to go to 75, so I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it, it always... Just when you think it's time to get rid of the summery clothes... Right, right. Uh, it gets warm. So it's yeah. going to come back to, come back to uh, steamroll us. So, okay, so... Uh, before we get to questions, questions at drhoffman.net, the destination for questions, uh, I wanted to share with you uh, a couple of things. Uh, here's an interesting headline. Uh, Behind Ozempic Media Buzz, Undisclosed Drug Maker Money. Mm. So, so th this, so Ozempic is one of the semi-glutide medications, which mm. are uh, which can dramatically help people lose weight. You know, we've seen it among some of our patients who are taking these medications. Not that we prescribe them, but they come back uh, sometimes telling us that they've gone on these medications and they're, they're experiencing huge, weight loss. Huge, huge demands. Yeah, huge demand. So it says here in this article uh, by the authors, Li Fang, mm. like, like, uh, Fang, like, mm. <laughs> uh, celebrities, physicians, patient advocacy groups, Public health experts, academics, and a variety of community, community leaders have appeared in dozens of media outlets to tout the wonders of a new class of weight loss drugs, but without disclosing financial ties to Novo Nordisk, ah. the company that makes semaglutides. Uh, so what they uh, note here is that, uh, for example, uh, they had on uh, ABC News... Uh, a story, and by the way, the, the, the argument now is for insurance companies to cover these medications yeah. because people have to pay out of pocket and they say it's not fair, it's a matter of equity. We're getting often some, uh, you know, minority group advocacy groups like the Urban League, yeah. uh, which is uh, yeah. attempting to 
basically say that uh, we have a minority population who can't afford these medications and for mm -hmm. which there is definitely a, a predisposition to obesity mm -hmm. that exceeds you know uh, the rate of obesity in the in the in the white population mm -hmm. and so it's a matter of equity yeah but what's interesting is that uh, there's a study on the coverage issue produced by the Urban League which is you know obviously minority focused yeah which failed to note that the study was financed by none other than Nova Nordisk. Oh. So they're using public advocacy groups to lobby for insurance coverage of these medications. Uh, here's another one. ABC News story quoted only one physician. That, that's so slimy. Yeah, well, that's how they do it. Yeah. That's how they do. Yeah. Uh, an ABC News story quoted only one physician, Dr. Deborah Horn, who advocated for Medicare to cover the medication. However, the article omitted the small detail that Horn has received nearly a quarter million dollars from Novo Nordisk since 2020. Wow. So they're spokespeople, celebrity spokespeople, a lot of people on social media mm -hmm. who are kind of like brand representatives for this. Yeah. And they get paid to post. Yeah. And they, you know, doctors are often... And by the way, you know, I, I, I can't criticize a well-meaning doctor who advocates for this. I, I actually think uh, that, you know, it, there may be some benefit to these things for people who really can't by any other means lose weight. Exactly. Uh, I, I think I'd rather have them take Ozempic than get bariatric surgery, for right, example. Right. And I interviewed a bariatric surgeon who was that self-same uh, Dr. Buckwald, mm -hmm. uh, who where everybody thought that was such a good podcast. Uh, who was a uh, preeminent bariatric surgeon. And yeah. he actually, he, I said, what do you think of these new weight loss drugs? And he, he, he said, I'm happy that they're making my types of surgery obsolete. Mm. Uh, because, you know, as we progress in medicine, we make advances. And, yeah. you know, he's he's not yeah. defending his turf. Right. You know, right. he's uh, a seasoned he's, physician who sees... He's thinking of the patient first. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway... Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Here, here's another one that's interesting, mm. and I, I talked about this on my weekend show, but I think it's worth uh, emphasizing again, uh, ultra-processed foods. Mm. Consumption of ultra-processed foods and the risk of depression. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Higher risk. So they found it in a, in a study in, in a, the journal Psychiatry, mm -hmm. uh, actually in JAMA Network, mm -hmm. under the heading of Psychiatry, Consumption of Ultra-Processed Food and Risk of Depression, and what they concluded is that there was definitely a relationship between poor diet quality and depression. And the discussion suggests the greater the UPF intake. So let's talk about what are UPFs. What are they? Yeah. Uh, Ultra-processed foods. UP, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything refined, anything that's been overly processed, whether it's flour, whether it's sugar. Uh, and it's with the additives. It's the, with additives, the additives. The additives that are not natural additives, like right. colorings. Uh -huh. Flavorings, mm -hmm. uh, emulsifiers, yes. uh, stabilizers, mm -hmm. and sweeteners, whether it's sugar yeah. sweeteners or whether it's artificial sweeteners. They actually found that the greater the UPF intake, particularly artificial sweeteners oh. and artificially sweetened beverages. So how often do you find a patient who's very virtuous but is guzzling Diet Coke? Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, they're yeah. not getting any calories. They're not. Yeah, I could drink that. I could. And then they wonder why they're on a weight loss plateau. Because well, it's because they're drinking all that artificial sweetener. They say yeah. recent data suggests that artificial sweeteners el elicit pure energic transmission in the brain, 
in other words, work infect the uh, neurotransmitters. Sure. Because they affect, you know, phenylalanine is a breakdown product of NutraSweet, for example. But, yes. you know, they may also alter the uh, blood-brain barrier. Mm -hmm. They may cause gastrointestinal mm -hmm. abnormalities, releasing certain humoral factors right. in the blood that have a negative effect on, right. on brain and health. And they cause hunger because they impact blood sugar and insulin the yeah. same way, yeah. Yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. So drinking that is much better than... In, in some cases worse because it's a bit of a neurotoxin, aspartame is. Uh, remember when it first came out, Dr. Hoffman, decades ago, I remember seeing it on the Oprah show where a woman in the audience said, yeah, I drink about 18 glasses of iced tea a day, sweetened with NutraSweet, and she had seizures. The whole seizure thing, the whole neurotoxin yeah. Yeah. aspect of it. We seem to have forgotten about that. And but actually, people are still guzzling. Sometimes they treat mm -hmm. severe depression with anti-seizure medication because mm -hmm. they believe that uh, some these extreme mood changes are like seizures of the mood centers of the brain. Huh. So that, you know, it kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. Uh, now, as a companion to this, yeah. uh, they released a study. I mean, it's, it's, it's more like a supersize me. Mm -hmm. Remember Morgan Spurlock? Yes, yes. You know, which if, you know, if you're like under 30, maybe you don't know, but Morgan yeah. Spurlock, the guy who decided to eat fast food every day from right. McDonald's. For a month. Uh, for a month, and then, you know, he, he gained all this weight. He felt horrible. Uh, his blood tests were off the wall, you know. Right. Liver problems and, you know, cholesterol. And then his case was blown. How so? That he was drinking a lot, too, during the time. And that oh. would cause all those metabolic abnormalities <laughs> as well. Oh, my that could, that goodness. Could be, that's right. That he, yeah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. He was outed on that. Yeah. Apparently. Okay. Well. Anyway. Okay. So, along these lines, mm -hmm. along these lines, uh, they did a twin study. Mm -hmm. Okay, so twin studies are nice because if I take you and I and you and me and we say let's do a study with two people, I'll take the medication mm -hmm. or I'll take the diet or I'll take the supplement and you won't and let's see right. how you do. Right. But are we actually twins? We're not Fraternal twins. We're genetically or, no. We're right, genetically right, right. different. Okay. Twins, so yeah. you know who's who's yeah. to say it's just you know we're just different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you take twins. Take twins. Identical twins. Yes. Genetically. Yes. Identical okay. twins, and so the results are in a Newsweek article. I ate processed, I ate ultra processed foods. My twin didn't. The results were shocking. So what did this person eat? Huh. Uh, in you know, she's this nice, attractive young woman. Um, she says, "This is the ultra processed food," and it, you really, it, it's not that way out. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the way a lot of Americans eat. It's not for. During the study, my typical breakfast was pancakes with syrup, hash brown and sausage. Oh, my. An instant uh, oatmeal with syrup and honey roasted nuts. You know, this is not horrible. I'm getting sleepy just listening <laughs> to that meal. <laughs> or, or a, a, bre or a breakfast cereal uh -huh. with, with milk, skim milk, and a yeah. blueberry muffin. Or a uh, flavored yogurt mm -hmm. and a croissant. There are many... Oh like. This is like a like a menu choice. Would you yeah. prefer what would you like? Some pancakes with syrup, or hash brown and sausage, or, uh, or cereal with milk? Yeah, cereal with milk, or uh, uh, some a oatmeal a, a, a with parfait, nuts. Your yogurt uh, with yeah. granola. Or For lunch, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on white bread, which is like that's like you know, a lot of kids Standard. have that in a lunchbox. Sure. With chocolate milk and some chips. 
Oh my! Typical lunchbox meal. Go right back. A to turkey that. and mayo sandwich mm -hmm. with chips mm -hmm. and some packaged peaches or ravioli with cheese and a cookie. Mm. You know, heat the ravioli up in a microwave. No wonder it's called the sad diet. <laughs> uh, right. Dinner was meals like cheeseburger and chips. Again, the chips. Uh, I think because they're Brits, I think they refer to French fries as chips. Though. Oh, right, right, right. It would be that. Yes, right? yes. Beef with mashed gravy and tinned sweet corn. You know, corn mm -hmm. from the... From the can. Can. Uh, a meatball sub with cheese mm. or ready-made turkey quesadillas with sour cream with a Diet Coke and a chocolate bar. Wow. There was limited fresh food and no fruits or vegetables. Everything was really easy to eat mindlessly. Uh-huh. I felt the increase in hunger early on, yes. she says. Within the first meal or two, I felt a real urge to snack between meals. Changes mm -hmm. to my mood took a little longer, maybe about a week, but then I was noticeably lower in mood. I felt really tired. I was hungry all the time. I was waking up really hungry in the morning, but I didn't find my meals satisfying. I constantly felt like I had less energy. It was hard to concentrate. Uh, well, so with the sister, the sister, on the other hand, uh -huh. Didn't really feel hungry, didn't feel the need to snack, which the one on And the sister ate good, good whole unprocessed food. By the way, they wanted to match calorie for calorie. So yes, it's, yes. E it's easy to say, like, what, you know, give, give one person like a ton of food, right. another person less food, but they try to have it calorically matched. They, just the they processing have to. was different. Right, yeah. otherwise it becomes a confounder. But she yeah. actually felt so full that sometimes she didn't even manage to finish her meals. She was mm -hmm. on like high fiber food, you know, big yeah. honking salads and mm -hmm. vegetables and things like that. Big volume. Her yeah. mood was better than mine. Mm -hmm. uh, then the the one who was on the ultra-processed diet, she said it, found it was difficult to wean myself off of it. I didn't it really enjoy a, the food. It becomes addictive. She was addicted. Yeah. That's the thing about hyperpalatable food and all of those, you know. But so there are a lot of foods that are have sort of a, they're greenwashed. True. Like uh, flavored yogurts, uh, brown bread. Oh, yeah. And cereal bars marketed as, quote, whole foods. Yeah. Or protein bars. But it's a cereal bar. But it's a candy But they contain bar. emulsifiers, preservatives, and sweeteners, sometimes artificial sweeteners. Sure. So, uh, sure. anyway, this was aired on uh, BBC TV. Mm. And, mm. you know, I think it's very revelatory of what our theme is here. Absolutely. Um, that uh, uh, diet has a big effect on the psyche. Absolutely. And, you know, the, uh, Dr. Palmer, uh, who uh, wrote... Uh, uh, a book called Brain Energy. Yeah. I mean, his thesis is that many psychiatric diseases can be cured with an ultra-low-carb diet. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've seen it. And just just Even removing, schizophrenia. Even schizophrenia. Yeah. Bipolar, yeah. schizophrenia. I mean, but it's, yeah. hard, it's hard to get somebody who's mentally unbalanced to true. adhere to a really careful diet because they're, true, true. They're, they're already kind of careening through life. Right. And it's very hard. It's like an addiction getting off a lot of these foods Truly. that are mentioned in yeah. the study of the one twin sister who's doing so poorly. Yeah. You just want more of it. You want more of it. And once that takes over, you're chronically looking for the next fix. But it's intentionally so. It is, it is These foods are so. engineered for... Absolutely. Big uh, food, big to, agriculture. To they, they know what they're doing. Even so you the buy more of their product. Even the advertisements. The advertisements, yeah. do you have a craving? Yeah. Yeah. Are you hangry? 
Are you hangry? Yeah. Hangry? Then have a candy Snick, bar. Have a Snickers bar. That's one of the Snickers ads. By so the way. it'll it'll fix your mood. Yeah. Until you crash sense. in yeah. a half an hour. Yeah. And then you'll be really yeah hangry. Yeah. And then all these other like chain foods, a lot of them fa considered fast food. You know, this is love. This is family. This is where you get together with with your peeps and everybody. And and this is what the feels emotional connotations. Good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're eating for good feeling. But and indeed, you're not when you're eating that kind of food. Right. You're not eating for good feeling. So it's like when you turn on the TV and the yeah. football games are on on Sunday. It's like I want pizza and I want beer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Perfect. And exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or for Super Bowl, I've got to have the wings. Got to have, have the, wings. the wings. Well, the wings you can make and, and yeah. make them good. Wings. I, I've yeah. done. I've made Super Bowls like yeah, yeah, yeah. With I love like wings. homemade chili. Sure. And, uh, the uh, yes. you know uh, all of that good the stuff. Guacamole and right. all that stuff. That that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Really healthy. Yeah. So, but you know, not the corn dog and the who knows what pigs in a blanket and all of that. We've even heard a case, and, and I know there were many more like it. Uh, there was a report, this was many years ago, of, uh, of a woman who had such a terrible gluten intolerance that it would bring on psychotic breaks. So when oh. she was gluten-free mm. for many, many months, she was fine. She was discharged from the hospital, but couldn't keep it up, wound up eating gluten again, back on the street, homeless, etc. And then well, the there's, there's a psychedelic effect of weed. It's the gliadomorphins. Yes. Which are uh, the morphins. Yeah, which uh, trigger endogenous uh, receptors. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which cause. Um, it's our brain opioid circuit, yeah. circuitry. Right. And the same with dairy, too. It's the casomorphins as well. So. This is how food is addictive, everybody. So I found out something interesting yeah. about dairy is that if you're concerned about the casomorphin effect, you get that mostly from uh, A2 casein. Mm. And the type of casein that is in goat milk and sheep milk and, you know, whatever, camel milk and things like yeah. that is, is, not, uh, is not the uh, uh, type that is triggering right. that. So that whole thing about the A2 versus the A1. Milk, right. Milk, all of that kind of thing. Where one I mean, is more digestible. It's not going to help you if you have uh, lactose intolerance. True. Because it's milk. No. But it, and it's not going to help you if you have dairy allergy. Dairy allergy, too. Because it's still milk. Yeah. It's but, still milk. But this yeah. is more the neurotransmitter effects. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. We're, you know, where we want to, people to uh, avoid that. You know, well, on, on, With autoimmunity, for yeah. example, we want people to try and get off of the... Of casein. Uh, dairy products. Right. Where all the casein is. Casein is in all animal milk. It's interesting. I'm glad that this is finally coming to into the mainstream media because we've been talking for a couple of decades now about food and mood and, well, I think and it, its impact. It, it started, I think one of the big pioneers was the Feingold diet. Yes. Which was aimed With at children. Kids and hyperactivity, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and allergies. He was really scoffed at. And I know that there are some of my uh, uh, professors at Einstein College, mm -hmm. and they stuck their neck out and supported Feingold, and they were academically purged for doing that. They really got, you know, like that oh, whole misinformation, disinformation thing. So uh, but, unbelievable. But they, they really believed that, that there was something to it. And only now, like many decades later, is it emerging that there is a food mood connection. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All part of the Great Awakening, folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hopefully. We, we are in 
more control awakening what or awakening uh, well there's kind of both going on right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, oh you know we were talking about pharmaceutical and and uh that yeah noro what what was the name of the pharmaceutical company making nova nordisk nova nordisk i'm seeing or i'm maybe i'm catching on more like watching a series on netflix there's a lot of mention of pharmaceuticals, particular things, you even certain product, conditions. Product, product placement? It's product placement. It's uh, certain the, medical conditions that work the, into the plot. What's the name of the series? Uh, well, there was one called Virgin River. Okay. And it's about a doctor or a nurse practitioner and all. But, but all of these are brought in. There's always stuff about vaccination. Oh. Even in that wonderful series, Outlander, Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talk about how there wasn't vaccine back in the right. 18th yeah, century yeah, yeah. and so forth. Well, this is, I mean, there is really interesting yeah. history around that, is yeah. that the vaccines were not uh, accepted, and they had to actually have mandates mm-hmm. for smallpox, Yeah, for smallpox vaccination, yes. Uh, yes. which were resisted very yeah. much by the populace. Yeah. And I remember wa- watching, it was the last season of Madam Secretary, which I really enjoyed on Netflix, mm-hmm. She was having skin cancer treatment oh. and all kinds of things that were brought up. And it, these were all subtle ads to go get checked, go get screened, yeah. go get checked, yeah. go get screened, go get screened, and go get screened. Yeah. Where, you know, I actually have an article that, um, <laughs> you know, it, and it, it, it's one of those things that's kind of counterintuitive. It, they did a study of... Uh, Routine screening for dermatological conditions, which is a good idea for a lot of people. If you sure. Had skin problems. Yes. And you know you've got suspicious things. You got to go and get a check. Go get. A but check. like routine universal screening, didn't come up big in terms of uh, prevention of skin cancer. No. Uh, what it might come up big for is fees at the dermatologist and biopsies. Biopsies, um, which insurance pays for. Yeah. But it all comes back to us, the consumer, with ever increasing premiums. Paying for that right. insurance. Right. Well, I went for a quote screening, and I just wanted one thing checked out. I was a little concerned, and they yeah. said, "Nah, no, that's nothing. Don't worry about it." But they started looking at me and said, "Well, this, this, and this, and this. Let me just take a biopsy, biopsy, biopsy." I had like three biopsies, and some of them I wasn't that happy with. They didn't heal that well. They're kind of bit yeah. of a scar. And then I, and then I got the bill, and I thought it was. They said it was going to be on Medicare, and I yeah. thought it was going to be. They said, "No, this isn't covered." So I had a, a lab bill to pay. Of course, everything came out ne- negative. Thank gosh. Thank, thank God. God. Yeah, but you know, mm-hmm. it, it's you know, there's a yeah. there is a uh, you know mixed mm, altruism and profit motive. Yes, you know. yes, which is very concerning yep. because uh, public service. We're seeing more, more, and more cases of people who are just plain taken advantage of. Yeah, or sent down a rabbit hole of more screening and more. CT scans and more radiation exposure and more and for what? Well, we just saw that today in one yes, of our patients. She had yes. like everything. I mean, she they, then they found she something. She had everything done finally. And they find, they found something that she has kind of a less active one kidney is a little uh, yeah. shrunken. Yeah. Which now she's she's very anxious when I examined her. Her heart rate was like a hundred. You know, mm-hmm. she is feels like her body's like a uh, a runaway An enemy. Uh, a, a, like a runaway... That, that subtle message of be afraid of your body. Yeah. Whatever. It's kind of the undercurrent. All right. Let's okay. get to questions. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. We've got one from Gary. Uh, are these new 
markedly lower LDL numbers good, the numbers that everybody, all doctors want us to have. Uh, are there, if so, are they arguably or potentially achievable by means other than statin drugs? I take bergamot, ubiquinol, garlic, broad spectrum, magnesium, fish oil, but I don't think I could reach these low LDL numbers. This is a very good question. And there is a trend uh, that's been going on for a long time, but it's been sort of accelerating, which is how low can you go with your LDL cholesterol? They just focus on LDL. Mm -hmm. They don't focus on some of the other important risk factors, you know, such as inflammation. Uh, yeah. such as LPA, homocysteine, just like about cholesterol, because the available treatments are for cholesterol. Yes. So generally, I guess it's kind of like the person looking for their keys in the dark, uh, I'm sorry, under the lamppost where yeah. there's light, but not looking, you know, where there's, it's yes. not illuminated. Yes, yes, You know, the old proverb about that. Yeah. But uh, so there is a rationale for getting cholesterol ultra low if you have a lot of plaque, if you've had a heart attack, if you've had a stent or a bypass, sure, or if you have a horrendous family history, mm -hmm. or if you, um, and we're talking about secondary prevention here, secondary, people, but also even primary, will, even, even primary, primary, even primary, primary for people who have, say, you've done, uh, like for example, I, I did a patient today, um, and he had a coronary artery um, plaque score. He's he's he's. He was not concerned about cardiovascular. He's mm. been to the cardiologist. The cardiologist put him on the statin. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I said, let's just do, let's just see how we're doing here. And he had a plaque score of nearly 500, mm. which means that we're not doing such a good job. Now, he isn't a statin, but I kind of wonder what else is he doing? He's not on a good diet. He's not yeah. exercising a whit. And mm -hmm. his hemoglobin A1C is five points is six point five, which is oh, in the diabetic that's diabetes, range. Diabetes, yeah. Yeah. So he's not paying any attention to this, except that he's dutifully taking a statin, which does something. It lowers its cholesterol is quite low, LDL is low, uh, but we're reaching the target. Yeah. But we're not addressing all the other important risk factors that go into the equation. Right. For example, that calcium score has everything to do with so many years of high blood sugar yes causing the damage and yeah. then causing the cholesterol to come out and repair it right so we're, we're punishing the fire truck for the fire and lots of ultra processed foods which yes. also in other studies have shown to have a relationship to cardiovascular disease absolutely by the way um absolutely. just parenthetically mm -hmm. you know we talk about you know how much of this is genetic and how much of this is lifestyle they just did a study very interesting study where they took uh, people and they looked at their genetic risk in a very sophisticated way and they they found that the people who had the highest genetic risk when they were on the best possible lifestyle which is no smoking exercise good diet optimal weight mm -hmm. blah 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 you know um, that they actually were better off than the people who had the best genetics but were on the worst diet huh so that it yeah to so just because you have the genes doesn't mean that's that. So to excuse the expression, uh, environment trumps yes. uh, the, the um, genetics. Yeah. But genetics plays in. Sure. And there are some people very genetically prone, you know, yeah. people with sky high cholesterol. So anyway, come back to the question. He has, you know, he's taking all these supplements. They don't lower cholesterol that much. Mm -hmm. Bergamot lowers cholesterol maybe 5%, maybe 10% if you're lucky. Um, coenzyme Q10 doesn't really lower cholesterol, but it's good. It's good yeah. for the heart. Yeah. It's essential if you take a statin. 
Um, fish oil has mm-hmm. cardioprotective effects. Doesn't generally lower cholesterol. Right. Doesn't generally lower cholesterol. Yeah. Might sometimes raise cholesterol. Mm. Uh, the it lowers triglycerides, which it, is important. It's 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 got a nice blood thinning effect, which so is so there's all these things desirable. that you can take supplements, but mm-hmm. they don't look lower cholesterol. But cholesterol is not the only game in town. They right. have a protective effect on the endothelium. They reduce inflammation. Yeah. Uh, that's why we take supplements even when we're on statin. Uh, Kyola cage garlic extract, yes, another example. Yes, yes. Uh, that it is very protective to the arterial wall mm-hmm. and slows the progression of plaque. So, uh, optimal doses. Vitamin two, K. Two twice a day. Vitamin K2. Yes, yes. So, it. I think, I. you know, I, I actually wrote about this. I think one of the problems is that people always ask me this question. It's like, what supplement can I take to lower my cholesterol? First question is, do you really need to lower your cholesterol? Maybe right. you don't need to lower your cholesterol because yeah. you have zero risk. Mm-hmm. We can establish that with imaging, look at their interior of their arteries. Yeah. And we can say, hey, you know, you don't need to lower your cholesterol. Whatever you're doing is fine. Yeah. For some reason, you're protected, mm-hmm. either genetically or through other mm-hmm. lifestyle factors. Mm-hmm. So, then the question is, how low do you need to go? And it yeah. kind of depends. And I'm not a cholesterol denialist. There, are, I know there's some out there. Sure, sure. So, so okay. Uh, I think that kind of addresses his concerns. Yes, Gary. Thank you for very, that very much for question. That. Okay. So, great. Uh, good point at which to pause because, as our listeners know, we divide our podcast into mm-hmm. two parts. And give us a preview of what we're going to tackle in part two. If somebody's on opioids or opioid-like medication like tramadol, can you also take low-dose naltrexone? Okay, good question. Great question. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is our weekly Q&A with Layla, part of our Intelligent Medicine podcast series. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net, and we'll be right back.